The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Top 5 Movies! Movies! Top 5 it's totally I love that game. why not record like <laughs> yes. this hey everybody this is episode 100 and apparently all etiquette is out the window we're just doing whatever um and that's perfectly fine i think that's appropriate uh, I'm John Burke. With me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And Michael Sanchez. Strike one, because before the credit, I got one, so that's my response. <laughs> there you go. And responsive. we have been doing this now for 100 episodes. Um, it's not quite 100 weeks, because we did space uh, top five movies out to bi-weekly recently, so there's a few weeks in there that are gapped, but this is our double-digit, uh, well, triple-digit, sorry, episode double-zero episode is what I'm thinking, and in honor of that, we're going to be looking at the year 2000, and only movies from the year 2000, not the decade, just the year 2000, um, and we're going to be talking about our top five movies from that year, and that year means a lot to me. It's the year I graduated high school. Oh, <laughs> Yep. Um... <laughs> And All right, that's no. <laughs> hey, you know what it hurts me, Mike, is that this is 2018, which means the kids that graduated this year, I've doubled even... their age. Yeah, like I <laughs> now officially no, double. No, 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 no. Don't even, dude. Don't even. It's a point of contention in my classroom. <laughs> and I, they they torment me about my age. Yeah, they're starting which is to more than double. Tell anyone? Oh, they they can do math amazingly enough in eleventh grade. <laughs> even some of the ninth graders can do math. It's an impressive right. skill that they've developed over time. Um, but. Yeah, we've been doing this a long time, guys. I hope you uh, still enjoy doing it, because that's the, that's the key here. Actually, no, uh, I'm kidding. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, no, I'm kidding. I just feel like it's time that everyone got to know the real us, and here we are to be super obnoxious. Yes, and or, you know, real. But I, I feel like we've <laughs> generally been real. And, um, you know, movies are my biggest passion. It's the thing I spend an insane amount of time talking about. Um, and... and now we talk to other people and other people uh tell us about their passions with movies and um you know i'm, I'm getting to i've become friends with some of the people that we've met doing this podcast over the the last couple of months uh especially alejandro and i've been watching him on rebel without a crew which is on the go 90 network which i can't plug enough because i really do genuinely love the show it is one of like four tv shows that i actually have kept up with on a weekly basis and the others are barry on hbo Silicon Valley on HBO, and I, I guess that's it. Um, I was wrong about four; it was just three, and then and that I've are kept you, up with. Uh, at, you, you can't math. I can't math. Well, I do. I don't do a lot of TV because I, I was trying to keep up with Atlanta season two, and FX and I don't always sync up, uh, and their demand setup is not so great. Um, and then I I've quit like all the CW superhero shows about now going on like two years. Um, but you know, I, I really do like that show. It's a really cool thing. If you're a film lover, especially you get to see, uh, directors trying to craft something with extremely ch challenging circumstances. You get to hear their, uh, advice given to them by Robert Rodriguez, which is really compelling. Um, it's just, it's a great reality show and it's, it's more like a mini documentary. And that's one of the things I liked about it. But, um, this podcast has, has been a lot of fun. It's a lot of, I don't want to say it's a lot of work. I mean, I, I probably spend 
an hour to two hours on most of these lists sometimes more depending on the topic this one was fairly easy because it's so narrow of a selection um but it's still uh it, it is time that we put into this and and to producing it so if you're a listener if you've been with us for the long haul thank you uh definitely give a shout out to aaron who's been our most consistent listener for the longest time um thank you sir for uh believing in us and enjoying what we put out um to some degree even if not always and that, <laughs> um and that, you know we can't we can't get it right every single time but um and thank you too because uh, you know i came to you with this idea two years ago um and was like hey i'm gonna start this podcast thing you guys want to want to do this and sure enough you know technically it's not a full two years yet because well actually i think it is exactly two years but we because we spaced out the episodes because it's 52 episodes a year when we were doing it weekly and now we're almost at it would be 104 episodes would be officially two years worth of episodes at a weekly rate but since we spread this out a little bit over the last couple months I think we are about where we started. Um, I think it was around June or May in 2016 that we started doing this. So two years in, and who knows how much longer. Um, I'd like to see how long we can do this. And hopefully, uh, listeners, you'll tell your friends, and they'll tell two friends, and they'll tell two friends, and so on and so on, um, until we uh, rule the wow, top five world. We don't have to work real jobs. That's my goal it. here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I gotta say, Can um, I still make soon? I don't know. I don't use shampoo much. Uh, uh, oh, very wow. bald. I'm a very bald <laughs> man. Right. Um, uh, today, you know, Mike, I challenged uh, Taylor to watch 30 movies this summer that I picked. Like not just 30, whatever. Like I picked 30 specific films, some of which you would probably judge me for having her watch. Um, but nonetheless, well, you gotta you gotta name more than at least. Yeah. Well, she started today. Judge, if I'm gonna judge you. Well, to judge she started you, so. today. Um, I letting I I made the list, but I'm letting her pick like what order she watches them. Uh, okay. she started with Wayne's World. Um, was one of the movies okay. on the list. Mm-hmm. I mainly went with films from my childhood and '90s time period. Um, so you had her, you had her watch Mike Myers and Tidy Whities, right? Well, tonight, as soon as we're done recording this, uh, I'm going over to my friend David's house with my daughter, and we're gonna be watching uh, the Matrix 4K Blu-ray that just came out, um, because she's never seen the Matrix, and that's on the list. <gasps> what? Right. Um, and so uh, she's she'll, 14, guys. She'll be watching Fight Club. Yeah, but uh, she's watched so. Ma- oh, wow! That one's gonna be. I know. Huh? Well, uh, I have both Reservoir and Pulp Fiction on the list too. Um, so yeah, you know, my, here's my thing, man. She's a, she's a film nut, and I'm just I watched these when I was younger. Actually, I saw Pulp Fiction when I was probably a year or two younger than her. Uh, granted, it traumatized me. Um, oh. But you know, um, it's of a different time. So I, I'm Word. you know I'm I'm being you know. It is what it is. Uh, and so, Aliens on the list, which uh, she's never Original? seen. Our favorite Original? Alien yes. 3? Uh, no, uh, Alien Resurrection, in fact, uh, with Jean-Pierre Genois. No, is that uh, the third one or the fourth one? That's the fourth one. That's the oh, bad one. Oh, darn it. Alien 3's got problems, bad. but it's a Fincher film, so it kind of counts. But I do have her watching both Fight Club and Seven. And Seven's the questionable one, and I know. But I'm such a Fincher fan. Uh, and I saw Seven when I was younger than her. I know, Mike. I know. No, I mean, I, I know. <laughs> I, I, I would figure, well, between Fight Club and Seven, I think Fight Club would be the more questionable. Really? Seven, a lot of that stuff, except for the one, which we talked about the yes. little scene. Mm-hmm. That was one of mine. Um, you're going to see on a lot of these procedural True. crime dramas anymore. Like, anymore. Oh, uh, that's fair enough. But the ending is so dark. 
Um, which I but don't want to say too loud. But... but that's like real life. I mean, oh. I mean, not my real life. But, I hope you know, not. <laughs> every time I see a box, I always get concerned. Yeah, I can't wait to watch her like have revelations about like jokes that I've made for years that she wouldn't get. Like, I have a a, a shirt that's two Doctor Seuss characters. With, it says what's in the box with like one of them like looking in a box that makes no sense to anyone who's never seen Seven, but she will get it soon. So I'm excited for those things. But what, what's in the box? Yeah. So that that's that her her challenge for the summer before she starts high school is to get through these movies. I am trying to uh, whittle down my gap list quite a bit, and I uh, watched Tootsie uh, yesterday. Wow. <laughs> and man, I loved that movie. Had, it was a lot had, of fun. Had the hankering uh, for Dustin Hoffman and drag, huh? Well, we interviewed uh, Jamie Young the other night, and that was on uh, spoiler for that episode, but it was on his top five. And having to admit awesome. to a guest that I had not seen it, and Corey also had not seen it. Um, so I, I remedied that immediately. But um, yeah, that's my goal is to try to knock out some of my big gap list. Uh, but I think we should get into our list, unless I, I don't want to cut you guys short. I've been running my mouth. You guys have anything you want to share? I don't know that I've had, you know, it's funny you mentioned the the movie lists. John, my John, my son is the one that usually picks up on different film and definitely foreign film more than not. He's for some reason wanted, I didn't even know Sword Out Online had a film release of some sort. Mm. And it was, there's no dub for it, which is fine. I'd rather watch it with the, um, you know, the original Japanese but, you know, he's been picking up, maybe I should, I don't know, should I come? I've actually bought them a book that has, like, the top hundred movies you should mm-hmm. watch before. Uh, it was one of those, yeah, I, have a I think, book those. fair books, I think. Yeah. And Is it, um, I'm actually following the AFI list on, uh, it's like, their, yeah, this, yeah, well, I'm, I'm trying to knock out their, like, top 100, which is, some of it's hard because it's, it's a lot of older things that aren't as easily accessible to purchase, you know, or get the right version of, like, there's a few Chaplin films and things like that, and those, you gotta find, like, the right one that has the right title cards and the right music, or, you know, it's not right, the same. Nosferatu like has mm-hmm. all sorts of versions and whatnot, yeah. but I I think before we started recording, I mentioned kind of not being used to being off, because we're both on break, we started we break sure Friday, are. last Friday past, and this, for me, and if I get shaky, I apologize, because I'm not one and you, uh, you guys can both probably attest. Knowing me as as you've known, I'm not one to get easily attached. Mm-hmm. And I, not that I disliked like like when Taylor was through fifth grade. You know, I love you know those kids mean a lot. But it wasn't until this year that I really really felt you know where you get that feeling like home feeling like you're home. Yeah. And and so that last day was not easy, um, especially because some of them we. I've got one that he's at A24. You know, he knows his his uh, that distributor and ah, oh, Mikey the there. Stuff, we, yeah, I'm here. You, you cut out a little bit there after you said the A24 thing. Oh, okay. I'm um, sorry. I, maybe I got too far away. Ah. but he's he's that. You know, he knows that film. He we didn't have a we had a connection that way. I've got one that she <laughs> just the obscure stuff. We uh, did we ever talk about the Red Turtle? I know about it. I don't think we've okay. talked about it. Okay. Uh, okay, well, that one out of out of the blue, and I don't even remember how the conversation started. I'm looking at them, and you know, just these little things. So I've never, and I've even picked their brains on some of my top five, but I don't always take theirs because some of their knowledge, there's some gaps, you know, because yeah, for sure, some of them don't watch the way we watch. And even lately, I haven't watched as much. Uh, I finally caught up with Annihilation today, Ooh. which was 
amazing. So right. I, I would liken it to our generation's uh, 2001. It, it's it, it's going to last the test of time for sure. Like, it yeah, is and it, one viewing won't be enough because there's so much I missed. And I, I, I had the I had the the novel in <laughs> hand because uh, it is a trilogy. I didn't realize that, which yeah. um, is not supposed. Uh, the film is a standalone. But yeah, I read the uh, well. I listened to the book after I saw the movie. Oh, nice. um, and there's some differences dude, for sure. Oh yeah, major major differences. But um, that just you know on a whim that that just hit you know. It's maybe that's something I'll. I think I might incorporate coming yeah. the new year. Maybe like I know on your board, I know my, my it's not a film class, but I can always pick their brains and figure you know mm-hmm. go with that. But it's it's I I don't know. I wonder if I should challenge. I don't know if Abby would be for. Although she sat with me and didn't want me to leave. What were we watching? I wish I could remember. It's something that I was going to walk away from because I'd seen it so many times, and that was unusual yeah. for her to sit and finish it through. Oh, uh, so yeah, I, I wish I could remember. So, I'm debating introducing a Dazed and Confused because that was just on ooh. the other day. Yeah, there's so many. That's the thing. Even picking 30 movies, like I actually picked 32, and I'm telling her she can leave off two of her choosing to a degree. Like I, she has to watch Fight Club and Matrix because those are two movies that like change my perspective on the world, kind of thing. Um, if not temporarily, but nonetheless, those were movies that I didn't know movies could do what those movies did when I yeah. saw them. And, um, and so like, those are like must watches for her, but, um, there's a few on there. Like I did throw a, a movie that I love when I was her age that I don't think necessarily holds up, but bad boys, um, <laughs> which the argument for my, in my head is like, you need to see some dumb action movies. And I enjoyed this one a lot when I was, you know, going into high school, like I, it was a regular rewatch for me. Cause I love Martin Lawrence and Will Smith so much. And I didn't know who Michael Bay was when I was watching Bad Boys. Like, it was years before I found out that this is the guy that did Transformers. Like, it didn't click. Um, a, hey, everybody's got to start somewhere. So so you're including Hudson Hawk, I'm guessing, too. I, I did leave Hawk off. Instead, I did go for the big uh, – I did pull some 80s, actually. Um, I have uh, Die Hard, um, Terminator t- – Yeah, actually, I think I switched. I had Terminator 2. Like, I was skipping Terminator because I feel like Terminator 2 is more – fun obviously like terminator is a darker sci-fi horror and so i jumped for terminator 2 but i think i'm going to put predator on the list instead um get, get to the chat well because the the shane black sequel is coming out this year um and so i, I kind of want to have her like on board to see the sequel with me well you're you're a predator 2 fan though i am i like both i like both but uh, see i'm not but i did enjoy predators oh I, really I, I, I did i know people that's probably shouldn't say that out loud but I did get into it, and I'll watch it. If it's on, I'll sit and watch it. It's Adrian Brody is so, like, deadpan in that movie, and then Topher Grace, I just... Ugh. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. know. I can forgive, I, I forgive that one a lot, and I don't know why, because I, I do like forgive Predator 2 a lot. I like the Predator a whole lot. Like, just the the, cre- the character of the Predator. Um, He's easily one of my favorite, like, movie monsters. So Come on, how can you dislike Morpheus in space as, wearing Predator? Hey, I didn't say, like... I don't like it a lot, but I don't. I also didn't hate it as much as, uh, like, I hate the Alien versus Predator movies, like especially the first one. I thought the first one was so boring, and I wanted it to be amazing. Um, Requiem I think still everybody bad. Did. Yeah, well, Re- give, Requiem give feels dark... like a B movie though. That's where, <laughs> like, I can tolerate Requiem, but I mean, given its history and uh, Dark Horse comics, people really mm-hmm. wanted that, and it 
was uh, yeah you know. super underwhelming um all right Corey, we, we mike and i've talked a lot do you have anything you want to share before we jump into our list no i i thought oh. you might not. she's like you guys talk too much i want to get off of this podcast we gotta record <laughs> another one tomorrow yeah uh, and i'm saving my movies that i watched for tomorrow yes and that's why i'm not talking about my overall watch although it, mu- it won't be too many more um all right let's get into our list so uh before we do that Corey. Dun, dun, dun. You can go to BerkReviews.com and check out each of our top five lists. Otherwise, full steam ahead, there will be spoilers. In theory, you've said that probably like 85 times. Because there's been a few episodes you weren't on. And uh, I don't know exactly when we started the spoiler warning. It probably wasn't for like the first couple of episodes. So you've said that a lot, though, if you think about it. <laughs> and and even with that spoiler warning, I... We still like, get a little... I, I, well, like I know on two of mine, I... I shy away from spoiling it because I, I I feel you need to go into it not knowing on two of my picks at least. Yeah, yeah, and I don't. We don't always talk spoilers, but we just like the option. Um, right. So new listeners, that's how this works. We have uh, built our list in secret. Now this one, we have a lot less movies to choose from uh, as we only did the year two thousand. Um, some of our lists we could basically choose any movie ever. So this one was a lot more narrow. Still hard to narrow down to which five I wanted to talk about. Um, I feel like mine might be a little obvious, but uh, I didn't go for um, necessarily prestige movies either. I went for what I like a lot, and what I've, I kind of based it on what I've watched a lot. Um, in fact, I think I'm going to change one right now. But uh, Ooh, I almost did too. And, um, but yeah, so this week I go first, Corey will go second, and then Mike will go third, and we'll work our way from five to one. And in the meantime, we usually guess on how many of Mike's movies we've seen. And that still throws a curveball here because while there isn't as many movies for him to choose from, there's still a chance he saw some obscure films that I've never heard of from the year 2000. But, uh, Corey, I'll let you go first. How many of Mike's movies do you think you have seen on this week's oh, list? Oh, man. Um, cheese and rice. Oh, boy. Not that. <laughs> I said cheese and rice, guys. Mm, mm. It's not what she said. Not JC. Um, she may as well have said the real thing, though. So. I'm going to go with three. I'm going to be brave. Oh, I was thinking. I probably just lost. Go yeah, ahead. I think my year 2000 movies are pretty strong, but I'm going to I'm gonna play the odds. I'll go two just to, to offset it. So I'll go first, um, and I'm starting with a comedy. And there were a few comedies I considered putting on my list, like straight comedies, nothing else. Um, but what I ended up going with was one that I've, I've watched. I can't even tell you how many times, and it's it's a sequel. But I watched the first one a lot, too, and this was a, a combination that I had on VHS um, for a long time, and it's Next Friday, starring Ice Cube, Mike Epps, uh, and John Witherspoon, because you can't leave out Pops, um, directed by Steven, Steve Carr, which is a different director than the first film, but um, this was my introduction to Mike Epps as an actor, and uh, while I like Smokey in the first movie more than Day Day, Day Day's got some of the funniest lines that I still I still reference today. No one knows I'm referencing them, uh, to my knowledge, but I'll say things um, from this movie, including, uh, actually, I almost messed up because some of the things I quote are actually from him and Ice Cube's other film, All About the Benjamins. But this is the one where I first met uh, Mike Epps as an actor, and I love this movie. I, I, I don't think the third one holds up, which is Friday After Next, I believe. Um, that one's not so good, but the first Friday is so good, and next Friday has a lot of funny moments. It goes, it definitely pushes the uh, the boundaries of like that jumping the shark idea, 
But um, if you like the first one, there's a lot of humor still in this one, and it's, it is a direct sequel uh, to the first one where it picks up um, not too long after the events of Friday. So it's definitely one, if you saw Friday, that you should check out. I like it. I'm not saying it's... It, there's definitely better movies, but in terms of my personal things that I've watched a lot, Next Friday is one. I, I actually... It was on recently on, like, I think regular TV or something. I ended up having it on, and I was, like, quoting it um, with the movie because I've seen it so many times. that I, I think it was when I was in New York, actually. I think I watched this in the hotel room when I was at Tribeca. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it's just eating, eating New York pizza and quoting lines from this movie. <laughs> so at like one o'clock in the morning so it was you know i remember sitting through the original i don't i mean i know that i mean it's got a huge following i'm not one of those that followed oh i I mean i know the big perm yeah worm part immediately uh, was one of the first jokes i went to when you said the original yep um tiny lister uh Mm -hmm. but i think i I just purged it from my memory not because it was bad there were some moments there's uh, I think that would you maybe could say that that was an Ice Cube breakthrough. Oh, no, I mean, okay, Boy, Boys in the Hood. Probably, yeah, so. that was his acting debut. Where and it's that's such a crossover into the mainstream. But he um he co-wrote the screenplay for uh, yeah. Friday, so that was his definitely yeah. um his step into the 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 film world like as a serious like film person, not just well. But a I mean, the stuff he's made though is, is not like that anymore. It was more not quite family friendly, but kind of trying to be more. He's bounced around quite a bit. If you look at his his acting, like because he's done some B movies, like he did there uh, something of Mars, Ghost of Mars, or something like that. He did um, yeah, John Carpenter, uh, Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Yeah, and then he you know he's in uh, Anaconda, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Is he in that one? Yeah. <laughs> um, and J Lo. And J Lo and freaking John Voight with John a Voight. weird ass accent. Um, <laughs> I and, saw that in theaters. He said a bad language word. Yeah, it's it slipped out. It happens. Um, <laughs> but you know, uh, that's what she said. Ice, oh, that's not better. Um, ice, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, guys, I'm out. <laughs> uh, but that's ne- that's next Friday. So, Corey, have you ever seen Next Friday? Um, I think that I might have seen all three. I know that I saw the last one in theaters. Oh wow! My brother yeah. was a fan of these films. Ah, well, you know, so, I, I grew up like with like I said, both of these, and I probably saw Friday Too Young. Um, but I, I don't know. I just something with Ice Cube. Um, actually, I was an Ice Cube fan before Friday because I used to rock the uh, Today Was a Good Day cassette single back yes. in the day. I, I love that song. And um, yeah, I, I have always felt these films are super funny. And I, I do have a soft spot for pot comedy. I don't know what it is. Like even Doug Benson now um, is one of my favorite. Uh, he's one of my favorite podcasts, uh, DLM. But just as a comedian too, I, I you know I don't know what it is. I don't I've never smoked. Uh, I don't smoke yet. I find uh, watching other people in movies do it hilarious. Um, I've mentioned How High on this podcast, horrible movie, but it cracks me up. Um, Method Man and Red Man and that you know I don't know and Half Baked, um, big fan of that film. Oh yeah, that and was a classic. Even going back oh. to the seventies, man, Cheech and Chong. Cheech and Chong. I've oh, I've seen all of them. Like I I'm legit like, pot I, movies make me laugh, and this is just another I, one. I have not. Now, Cheech and Chong are one of my mother-in-law's favorites. So oh, man. Yeah, the last thing I would have ever expected. So, That's funny. It is. Um, yeah. And what, which is, is it Nice Dreams that has uh, Paul Rubens in it? I can't. I, I don't remember if it was Nice Dreams. You that you mean Pee Wee Herman? It's Paul All Rubens. Right. We saw Paul yeah. Rubens this weekend, Corey, at uh, Megacon. That's cool. 
I'm I'm so jealous. <laughs> Elijah Wood was there too. I took a picture from like thirty feet away. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I you love know. him, and I just want to rewatch. I do not feel at home in this world anymore Ooh, because movie. that's <gasps> how I feel. I need to watch that again too. It's so well, good. Let's. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just following these rabbit trails. Tangents. We're we're tangential today. We're it's, we're reminiscing because episode one hundred. Um, yes. Bad. Yes. Corey, what is your number five of 2000? <laughs> okay. So first, I hope that I'm not super awkward and I'm like, and from the year, blah, 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 because that's how I open every single one of mine on every list. Uh, but so most of these, I've seen more than one time, most of them. There are a couple that I haven't. This is one that I watched. I tried to watch probably not long after it came out on DVD or whatever it came out on originally. And I just was too young and couldn't appreciate it. And I rewatched it. I'm so bad with time. I want to say like a couple years ago. So I only have one watch under my belt. But I chose American Psycho. Ah. Um, I really like Christian Bale in this ridiculous role. And um, I it's black comedy, you oh, know. Yeah. Um, it's so over the top. And he's just so ridiculous, and he's such a caricature to me. And I think it's sad, and I shouldn't stereotype people, but besides the whole murderous, you know, part, I just assume that that's what a lot of really rich, you know, people that are just not... I don't want to say not connected, but that are so, I don't know. Disconnected. No, I think that's... Yeah, disconnected. You're you're not wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I just... It's an assumption that I make, and I feel like I need to watch it again because I know that I missed some stuff, mm-hmm. but I felt like it was worth well, talking about. Have... And then the end. Oh, there's so many. I oh, mean, yeah. Yeah. The, the end. And then there is the uh, the quasi-connected film. Um, oh, oh, I had it, and now it's gone. Um, Rules, Rules of Attraction? Rules of Attraction, yeah, where his brother it is, is No, it is, it is connected. It is all in the same universe. Yeah, but I mean, it's so <laughs> loose, like, it doesn't really... It's Other than no. the names. No, well, that's that's his brother. So. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you don't, like, witness anything from American Psycho other than the fact that it's his brother. So, well, and he talks to... I mean, he talks to him. You don't see... Yeah. Uh, actually, I mean, have, have you all not read the books? I have not, no. nor have I seen the other thing. Wow, okay, because Patrick Bateman is is... Kind of like Stephen King, uh, Brett Easton Ellis is um, kind of think of the way Stephen King uses oh Castle Rock yeah. as a kind of area or you know these different like dairy and has these different connections between these characters oh. different stories. So he you know he's between there's Lunar Park the inform I want to say the informants. It's been so long. There's some that I haven't read and I've read and re- I've read I lost count how many times I read American Psycho and I, I don't know if part of me kind of carried it around. Because the the cover is very nonchalant. It doesn't really, other than the mm-hmm. title itself, you know, I maybe carried it around to, to throw, you know, maybe keep people away from me. Um, also, like girls with black lipstick. Do what? Okay. <laughs> don't talk to me. <laughs> it's like a thing uh, I've heard girls say that if I don't want people you, to talk to me, I just wear black lipstick. Did you just say I'm a girl with black? No, lipstick? I said uh, like girls with black lipstick. Okay. I, Anyway, so it's directed by Mary Heron, which I think is interesting. Um, that it is a female director, um, and then because that's a, there's some tough scenes. There are some very tough in scenes there. in this movie. Uh, I actually just watched it for its the entirety for the first time during um, Hurricane Irma. 
uh, on my phone, unfortunately, because the power was out. And I had luckily downloaded several films on my – it might have been on my tablet, but either way, it wasn't the biggest screen. But at the same time, I was watching it because it was it, you know, it was in my face. Like there was nothing else I could be doing at the moment. So that was a bonus. I was like giving it 100% of my attention despite the uh, smaller screen. And I love the cast in this movie because there's so many people who like I know from other things. Obviously, Justin Thoreau is yeah. in it. Um, Josh Lucas, uh, Chloe Sevigny, Reese Witherspoon, Samantha Mathis, which I don't know if you yes. know this, but she played Princess Daisy in the Super Mario Brothers horrendous movie. Oof. And then um, Matt Ross, who I know from Silicon Valley. Uh, he is uh, Gavin Belson on Silicon Valley, the uh, the big bad, essentially the equivalent of like a uh, Google um, CEO. And then obviously the loved Jared Leto. Um, yes. even, and when Will and Defoe shows up, I am just all in. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I, I had seen clips of this. Oh, not clips. I'd seen uh, a major moment in the film when I was like right after it came on HBO. So probably 2001, 2002 at my friend's house. And it just seemed like such a B movie because I came in to a mid, you know, the middle of the film. I didn't know who Christian Bale was really at the time because he hadn't been Batman yet. And, no, no. Um, so I, you know, I, it just felt so cheesy and I definitely didn't get what the movie was going for. You know, when you get oh, wow. the idea that because I came into the part where he's got the two women and he drops the chainsaw and kills one from like mm-hmm. the stereo. That's like all I saw. And it just felt like a B horror film. And then, you know, through, over the years, I kept hearing people like praising it. I'm like, what are they talking about? And then when I when I did some research and found out, I'm like, oh, I totally missed a lot to I I judged a movie by walking into the middle and having no context or no understanding of the tone or what was going on. So by the time I watched it, I had completely changed my perspective on it. And now it was more like I need to come to this with a much different mindset. And I, I was blown away. I still, the business card uh, sequence is one of my favorite oh. sequences. Um, I love that scene so much. Have you seen them do that? And they sub in, I think it's Pokemon cards of different grades. No, I haven't, but that's amazing. Either that's that awesome. or Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Either way, it's just like, wow. But yeah, I mean, just these those little nuances, the raised lettering, the different color, like mm-hmm. you can spot, you know, is it eggshell or bone? Yeah, and and just you know, uh, just the inan- the absurdity, the inanity of the Wall Street life, because you yeah, know, well, even like the, discon- the, the disconnect, his morning routine, and like how they shoot that, and like how he's doing the voiceover is just <laughs> so outstanding. It's such a uh, it's such a brilliant film. Um, the more I think on it, the more I can, I'm I can kind do, of impressed by it. I can do one crunch. There you go. <laughs> right? um, I think, though, that's uh, that's a good, uh, interesting pull, too, because you've only seen it the one time. But it definitely leaves a mark um, when you see it. So I totally get why it made your list. And, of course, there was no criteria here. You put whatever you want on your t- five as long as you've seen the movie. Um, Mike, let's go to your five. What is, uh, what's your number five? All right. I have repeatedly admitted that musicals are not my genre. However... La La Land, The Sound of Music, West Side Story, the list is probably embarrassingly larger than I'd like to admit. Um, they're typically on my West West list if they're on. You know, the gotta, if they're on and I gotta stop everything and I watch them. Especially La La Land, which I think my family is finally glad is off HBO because <laughs> it, they would literally walk in the room and go, again? And I would turn it up and start singing along, which is bad enough. So I'm gonna pause you for it. a second. Wait to not to interrupt your uh, your good build up there, but Patty Cakes is on HBO. It's on HBO. I saw that. I what? thought about, 
I got the intro of it. Okay. Uh, uh, if it wasn't this morning, it was the other day. I noticed that it was on there. But yeah, because I know you praised it highly. Yeah. So I'm like, I got to watch that. Yes, and yes, I, okay, I, okay. I couldn't finish it because uh, I've, not that I'm Patrick Bateman, but I've really, really been trying to get at least five miles in a day. Oh, nice, man. And so um, I, I feel guilty. Like today I didn't. I came short by like a mile. But that's okay because I got like eight miles in the other day. Anyway, that said, not the walking part, but the musical, uh, no, that I typically deny my musical taste uh, in film. My list starts us right off the bat with Baz Luhrmann's Moulin Rouge from 2001. Um, I'm a fan of his adaptation of Romeo and Juliet. I have had some def- not heated words, but I disagreed with a couple of my students because they were not fans. Wait, I mean, how- Mike, I gotta stop you. It's from 2001. Ah! <laughs> oh, there was up. one rule. <laughs> I up already. It's I okay. Up my whole list. I, I was concerned earlier. No. I was like, I hope he was clear it was 2000 and not the decade. Now I'm thinking uh, that you thought I it was... up my list already. I screwed up my list already. Are there... Even, uh, are the yeah, other... there's going to be a problem. Okay. Well, all right. let's... Wow. Uh, we'll cycle I back to you. Huge strikes all over the place tonight. <laughs> See what happens when I don't... I'll assign them. Shows? Go, oh, Corey, I'm sure go... you will. And I <laughs> now. Oh, no. Crap. All right. Uh, well, Mike, don't don't panic. Don't panic. We will come back to you. Um, we'll go. Uh, although I have to say, I'll admit, I haven't seen this movie, so I, I'm glad it can't be on your list. <laughs> I need to rewatch it. It's been such a long time. All right. I, I'm guessing I'm going totally last at the end. Yeah, we. You might have to just build your list at, rapidly at the end there. So uh, I apologize. I should have verified that before we started talking. But I, I. We normally start. Well, I normally ask the questions, and I. Hmm. You wow. Know, we'll see what we can do. Um, if you want, though, it's easy enough because it is like a limited selection. If you hit up, you know, like Letterbox and search just the year, the year two thousand or uh, Wikipedia movies from two thousand, there will be a comprehensive list. You could just. You won't be able to do your notes like you normally do, but uh, we'll figure it out. I've right. already got one already, so um, we'll we'll do this. Okay. Hey, and that, do you want me to go to my number four, or do you want to? Uh, do you have a number five? Um, it'll be a number five out of sheer necessity. Okay. So um, it won't be a musical, but we'll <laughs> go with it. <laughs> it's funny because there is a backstory to this. Uh, this one, um, man. Can can I get redo? Yes. <laughs> Starting over for my. <laughs> What, uh, you know? I wish, you know. See, see what happens with when you have a car accident. Yeah, man. Everything's just off after that. I, I totally believe that. All right. Let's see. All right. So I'm gonna go with my number five, and this one I really wanted to show to my students, but I couldn't forget fit it in because U.S. history doesn't. I could have done this for my freshman, but this one is for sure, unless I'm leading the list wrong, from the year two thousand. Uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Okay, that's a great one. And, and I, Ang Lee is hit or miss. I mean, he cannot do a superhero film, but this is like what he. This is like one of his masterpieces because I'm a big fan of Ice Storm, which he did. But it's such a different. I mean, it's so weird to see. Okay, he he did an angsty Hulk film, and then do this with all these different, you know, different choreography and stunts, and it's just. Because I, if I if I remember right, and I'd have to, again, I haven't gotten time to research because I'm a failure. Uh, just come up with this period piece that just re- resounds. So I mean, I know the sequel is made, and I have stayed away from it because how can you? I, I just don't see how they could follow up, and I don't know that he was involved in it. 
but Chow Yun Fat, Michelle Yo, Yo, I might have the pronunciation um, wrong. I think so. Uh, it's Y E O H, so it's Yo makes sense. Um, from 2000's Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Now the joke is the inside joke is because, and we always talked about his mom, and I'll just bring this up. But oh, usually it was it was Crouching Tony, Hidden Pizza. <laughs> because you know, if we if and an IT office pizza is a hot commodity, so there we are. Well, I <sighs> I saw this movie uh, way back when, and I, I was, you know, it's funny as a high school like I love kung fu movies like especially like, this is a mm-hmm. modern mm-hmm. kung fu film, but it definitely pulled from the old kung fu films, you know, the flying around and whatnot. And I was a big fan of those. And at some point, I think after college, I stopped watching them. I don't think I've watched a kung fu film um, outside of. Um, no, I, I, I technically the uh, the Bruce Lee film from last year tried to pull some of that into it, not not much. And I did watch Kill Bill Volume One and Two uh, a couple years back, which definitely Tarantino pulled from those as well. But um, I, uh, I I I just I don't know what it is. Like I don't feel compelled to watch them anymore. Like I used to love them, and I like sought them out. I even had like some of the, like I'd buy like the B ones from the Walmart bins, you know, like Heck yeah, and I'd watch those when I was young and. Shaolin um, monk versus praying mantis yes, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that. Uh, all right, Saturday mornings were built of Tarzan theater, um, kung fu theater, and whatever monster films the independent stations in Miami would choose to run. That was my. You know, I had there was time for Saturday morning cartoons, and then I switched over and started watching that. And kung fu theater was like a mm-hmm. must watch. Um, on Roku, uh, I think it's a B movie channel. They still have a kung fu theater block. That's cool. And. And yeah. I, I don't know when I when I lost interest in it, and like I don't feel like I have, but I, at the same time I've not sought them out in years, and um, I don't know I might have to like try to maybe binge on some of those again just for fun, gotta, like even just in the rec- background, you know. You got to reconcile just because you know why not? All right, well, Mike, thank you for pulling a number five out of thin air. Um, we're gonna go to my number four and it's one i know both of you have seen and in fact i I wouldn't be surprised if this is on one of your lists but if it is save your comments until we get to it um but this is one where the movie had such an impact on me in so many different ways but the one biggest impact to me is it made me so aware of one song and now i can't go anywhere if the song comes on i have to start singing in my head like i'm on the tour bus singing tiny dancer from Almost Famous oh, mm-hmm. in the year 2000. Um, I, I am, this is on my daughter's list to watch uh, this summer um, because we were at FYE a couple of weeks ago and on the radio in the store, Tiny Dancer came on and I'm like, hold me. You know, I'm singing. I can't do it now because I get real self-conscious when I'm singing without music, but I'm singing with it. <laughs> and I, I'm like, oh my God, you have to see this movie. You've never whoa, seen this. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. I came into this list totally with the wrong list so you can sing without the music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not um, Please hit a falsetto. Director uh, Cameron Crowe, oh, uh, Billy Crudup, Patrick Fugit, um, Kate Hudson, Francis McDormand, which I always forget she's in that. Jason Lee, Zoe Deschanel, uh, Michael Ang Garano, who is in a bunch of stuff. Anna Paquin. I mean, the cast is tremendous, but I'm also, you guys know, uh, I love journalism. Journalism movies always work for me, and this kid getting to kind of live like a dream that I had when I was watching, you know, before I even seen this movie actually was to be a journalist and, you know, do something awesome. And he gets to do it while he's in high school and tour for right for the Rolling Stone and tour with this band. Like 
that's it was just like such a uh, I'm starting college when this movie comes out to be a journalist you know I'm going to school with the the idea of being a full-time journalist when I graduate and so this movie really clicked with me right away plus it's music and I have the music background you all have heard about for far too long and um yeah it just it's a movie that I haven't watched in a few years but it's it's always stuck with me and um having recently seen Billy Crudup in person and him sitting you know just a couple of seats away from me uh, during Jesus's son only cements this movie all the more for me because I am a big Billy Crudup fan right now. Wonder if what the reaction would have been if you'd sang Tiny Dancer to him. I, I, <laughs> you should have. I started. probably would have been escorted out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> you should have just said it, done it really quietly and then made out like he was crazy. Sorry, Billy Crudup. We Crudup, we just got to do what we got to do here. Yep. Um. I'm going to hop in and jump way ahead. I haven't seen this in a long time, and I feel like we should sing it together, but I actually have this as my number one. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I did I, say you could wait. We're just kind of going completely rogue tonight. We usually do it this way. It, it is. It's all, done, so. all Mike's fault. No, I love the ending to this so much. Like, yeah. just that, you know, he writes this article. He's been on tour with this band. He's only 15. And even now, I just, that's so amazing. I mm-hmm. would like to do that at such and such and such, you know. Which is well, I mean, eight, it's oh. semi-autobiographical. It's really yeah. an amalgamation because I think it's based on the Eagles and the uh, which is kind of neat because, um, there is a document. We talked about the documentary. I'm sorry, Corey. I interrupted you. I apologize. Uh, there, the, the Eagles re- recorded and videoed so much of their back scene, you know, backstage stuff. It's really amazing to watch. And I will sheepishly admit, you can give me another strike. I know you will. That I've only just watched this one this year. Oh, that's I- right. I'm surprised. I know, and I remember that because this has been on one of your lists in the past. I think, Corey. Um, mm-hmm. I think maybe like music or something because this is definitely a movie that stands out and yeah I forgot Mike hadn't seen this until recently because you posted it I think on Instagram but you were watching it um, yep. and so and yeah I, I, and I'm a huge Cameron Crowe fan is the crazy part I think it's one of those things everybody loved it and I'm uh-huh. like I'm going to be contrarian I'm like I'm worried about liking it and how could I not like it I gotta say I, I think this might think oh sorry Corey Oh, I was going to say that sometimes I don't even think that it's about being a contrarian, but when there are so many components that you really love and then everybody's, like, hyping it up. It's nerves. Like, you don't want it to not be good. Yeah, and then you're just going to be so disappointed, and then... Well, I honestly, of the the movies I'm asking her to watch, I could see this being the one that clicks with her the most, um, because, like, I, I didn't get the opportunity to see this at 14, like, where the kid is, and she is 14, and she loves music, and she's interested in journalism. In fact, she's debating on trying to write reviews for each of the movies that she watches, too. Like, she's in that mm. kind of where she's intrigued by the idea of what I'm doing, and she's kind of it wanting to put it to try it herself, but isn't sure. Like, she's not quite confident yet. So, like, I don't know. I really think this movie's just going to click with her, like, and maybe make it to her top five, uh, like, all time. So I'm really excited for this one to, like, be seen by her. Um, and because it, it does, it stands out. Like it's been a long time, but there's so many moments in the movie that are just great. Especially that tour bus moment is like one of my favorite, like bonding moments. Because I've had those moments in the car with somebody. Just nobody can sing. Well, in this movie, everyone can sing, but in real life, none of us can sing. But there's just that the song I'm comes up, yeah. on, and you just have to like, you just all belt it out, and you 
commit to it and it's just a fun time in that moment and it's like you forget all of your your stresses and worries and you're just in that that instant and it's it's fantastic i mentioned bonding with my students this year and i know third period and i'll have to mention it to them at some point because they they there's a few that listen to see what i refer to but there are moments where you find a piece of music bohemian rhapsody was one oh, where yeah. everything dropped and we because I sometimes play music softly, and they all stopped and knew. But the other one, which I was kind of embarrassed, came up on the list, was Red Red Wine. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, how do you even know this? And that I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn the music up. I don't care. We're gonna and a, a sing along ensued. It was really strange. <laughs> but there we are. There we are, folks. And let's. Uh, that was Corey's number one. It was my number four. Um, almost famous and it might be on Mike's list we'll find out um, in the meantime we gotta go to Corey's number four what do you got Corey? I chose The Gift and I forgot that this was directed <gasps> oh, by Sam Raimi um, yeah. it has a great cast everyone probably knows about my well it was I, I'm kind of over it now but for a long time I had a big crush on Giovanni Ribisi yeah, and yeah I did it's still a little bit there, but I don't keep up with his uh, career as much. And I think that it's because he always plays... It seems like he plays D-bags, like, all the time, you know? <laughs> and I'm sorry, I am a girl who likes nice guys, so there you have it. But um, Kate Blanchett reads fortunes, and she has visions. It also has um, Keanu Reeves, Kate, Katie Holmes, Greg Kinnear, Hilary Swank, J.K. Simmons... And it just shows um, this crime that happens in this small town, and she ends up figuring it out. I just, I don't know. I liked seeing Kate Blanchett in that I gotta say, role. I haven't heard of this movie. Like, when what? you said The Gift, I thought you broke the rule and went to 2015's uh, The Gift starring <gasps> Jason Bateman. So, oh, I saw theaters. And when you guys say, what's in the box? That's where my mind went earlier. Oh, really? From To this movie? Well, uh, no, to oh. The Gift from 2015, because... Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, there is a box scene, but it's not as significant as Seven. But, um, man, this cast, and then Billy Bob Thornton's credited as a writer on this writer. film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I was read today, I did not know, that apparently these are based off of alleged, like, visions his mother had. Oh, wow. I did not know that. I'm gonna have to look into this movie. Um, although, I'm not a huge like- Sam Raimi fan. Um, uh, like, I like, I love Evil Dead and the whole trilogy, but I am not a fan of the other trilogy he's associated with. Um, in fact, I will often argue against the Spider-Man trilogy. Um, but nonetheless, uh, this, you know, the cast uh, is compelling and it's your number four from 2000. So, yeah, that makes it uh, makes me want to see it. You get to see more of, um, I lost her name, not Kate Blanchett. Um, um, thank you. Then, yes, then you realize. I remember seeing this in a the theater. Gosh, I feel old. <laughs> I've well, only seen her in a few movies, like this one, and I saw. Was it called the Orphanage or the Orf something? There is a movie the called Orphanage, Orphanage, but I don't. Th- oh, was she in that? She was in one, I think, like f- three or four years ago. It was something like that. Um, and then maybe I have the title wrong. Sorry. Well, she and managed then, when she was uh, Tom Cruise's prisoner, and then. Um, and, my and then, of course, working. disturbing behavior. Was it disturbing yes. behavior? She yes, yeah. yeah. she's in it. Disturbing behavior. I get that. Yeah. The title mixed up on that one. She she's in a few things. She shows up from time to time. Um, but uh, all right, that's. I don't have anything to add, Mike. It sounds like you've seen it. Is there anything else you want to say about the gift? Or um, I don't know that I would put it on my top five. Or I mean, 
I do like Kate Blanchett, and I do like Katie Holmes. I don't know. I'll have to give it another watch. All right, well, um, let's move. If you're ready, Mike, do you have a number four? I, I've got all my top okay, five Okay, you got them now. all. Oh, hey. And I, think, and I think they're all from the same year. Um, <laughs> so this one I'm going, and I just changed this one. I had another pick that I switched to my uh, honorable mention. Thankfully, I got through the list pretty quickly. Um, this one's... Uh, uh, Johnny Depp, Juliet. Uh, did I get the name wrong? Juliet Binoche and um, Chocolat. By, yeah. Yes, by Lassie Halstrom. And Lassie Halstrom, I remember from My Life as a Dog, but I never really watched it. People got in an uproar about a certain scene in it, and so we took it off our video shelf here in our small town. But Chocolat is set in a small French town, and I. Um, one of the other things I bonded with some of the kids with is learning French, so I wanted to up one-up them getting better Duolingo XP, which I'm way beyond them now. Um, <laughs> and, I could, and I could say, ha, 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 baguette, and without, you know. Anyway, my accent is still horrible. But uh, Johnny Depp plays kind of a wandering person, but Juliette Binoche is the same way, where she kind of picks up. Think of, like, the character that Cher plays in Mermaids, where she just picks uh. up and picks up and goes. But she's a chocolatier, and she ha- travels with her daughter. She well, in uh, Mermaid's Cher's character has two daughters, but Anouk is um, Vian's only daughter, and so she sets off this controversy because she's a chocolatier making chocolates and treats during Lent in uh, this time oh. period during the late fifties, early sixties. Is fifty nine is where it says is a big deal. So. There's that whole plot. I didn't even realize it's two hours long. Uh, Judy Dench is in Alfred Molina, plays the the mayor of the town. Lena Olin, Carrie Ann Moss, which yep. I, I was, it was like really Pretty. strange to see her. Yes, exactly. I'm like, oh, uh, Peter Stramar, Stramar, because he was in um, Fargo, mm. I believe. Uh, just there's a whole lot of story and I. It, just a lot going on and a lot of social commentary and by the time you get uh, to the end uh, I never felt it was heavy handed it's real subtle, it really worked for me and uh, again I'm shocked it was two hours and one minute long and interesting because I remember this at the theater and this was a December release so this was right near the end interesting Uh, well uh, one, I'm very glad that I went with only two movies because I have not seen this one However, interestingly enough, um, one of my film students uh, recently just watched this because she is a huge Johnny Depp fan, and Mm. she's uh, working her way through his catalog, and it is a former guest on the show, Keith's sister, um, Mm. and she does a review uh, thing on Instagram. with uh, It's called uh, QK Reviews um, on Instagram. They do, like, short reviews on – strictly on Instagram, but – um, their, her review for this is up there, but she really liked it a lot, and it's one that I skipped because I, at, when it came out in 2000, I thought it looked pretentious and, and hoity-toity, uh, which I definitely don't feel that way now necessarily about film in general, um, but my 2000 mind was not ready for such a uh, drama romance. Um, but one, I, I, it's on my list to uh, to try to you know, knock off my gap at some point. You should. It's not. I wouldn't say it's hoity-toity. Well, again, I'm talking my my 18 year old self thinking that anything that wasn't like blowing up or fighting uh, was, you know, not. I don't think that now, but 18 years ago, I was not the same person by any means. Um, ugh, yeah. You just had to say that, didn't you? <laughs> yes, uh, I had to emphasize that this 18 is 18 years, years ago. ago. Uh, no. So yeah, but in this cast, man, I, I am a big fan of uh, Judy Dench and Alfred Molina. Um, 
who man alfred molina showed up in a few of the pta films that we were watching for movie club and man he played some crazy roles uh in in, like in uh boogie nights especially he plays quite the odd character so um, this is a definite different role than that one yeah i i would say i would not think anything else um all right well Corey, have you seen chocolate I have not, and I kind of over Johnny <laughs> Depp. So yeah, you oh, are. no, no, no. This is this yeah. is worth watching. Well, she, uh, like... Karina is the student. Um, she watched uh, Chocolat. She just watched Crybaby um, the oh, other day. Crybaby. And then uh, what was the one she watched today? It was another eight, like eighties Johnny Depp. Oh, she found one I didn't know existed though with Johnny Depp, Jerry Lewis, um, Faye Dunaway, and I can't remember the more um, the actress that's like Depp's age because it's like. I think Lewis and, uh, and Dunaway are, like, the same age in the movie, and then it's, like, Depp, and I cannot think of what it is right now, but I never even heard of it, and I'm like, that's a crazy cast, and it's got, like, a really high Metascore, um, and she she reached out and looked for that one, and she's, uh, but she's working her way through his catalog. Cause she, Arizona Dream? Yes, that is it. I've not heard of that either. Oh, oh what? Wow. And I do like Lily wow. Taylor. And it has Lily Vincent. Taylor. Is it Gala? That was the other one. Yeah, Lily Taylor's like fantastic. So she's great. Yeah, did, had you, either of you heard of that film? I've uh, oh. heard of it, never watched it. Yeah, so like she so, she's really doing her research uh, into her Depp uh, filmography. Well, so. I just I, I just followed them. So ah, very good. Uh, that's what I'm hoping. Get, you know, listeners, give them a follow. They they, they do they do good work, and I'm I'm proud of them because, you know, I teach them like film criticism to a degree in class, and this is them like branching out and and applying it to uh, they and they watch a lot of movies. They both have movie pass. So they hit up the theater quite a bit too, but all right, let's get to my number three. And I think this may have been the first Cohen film that I ever saw. I'm not a hundred percent that that's right, but it's definitely one of the first ones that I was aware of them being Coens, like the Cohen brothers. And it's Oh Brother Where Art Thou. I have seen this movie so so many times. Um, partly because I taught this film not as a film teacher, but as an English teacher. Because when I taught ninth grade English, we watched uh, this after we read The Odyssey. Because it's inspired by the Odyssey, and there isn't a good Odyssey film out there, so this is the best one. Um, and I, I did teach it as a film in film class as well, uh, at least once. Um, although I've shown other Cohen films since then, but um, I, I mean George Clooney, John Turturro, Tim Blake Nelson, the uh, forever awesome John Goodman, Holly Hunter, which I just made that connection that that was her. Um, holy crap, that's awesome! And then uh, uh, Charles Durning, who was uh, in um, Tootsie, actually. And I was very, I was like looking at it. I'm like, who is that? Oh, it's Pappy O'Daniels. And, um, you know, that's uh, how I associate things. But I'm a big Cohen fan. I don't generally like country music or bluegrass music, if you will. Oh, it's so good, though. But I love the songs in this movie so much. Um, yeah. Th- so much, though, I have an odd connection story to this. I went to the Salvation Army this uh, past Saturday with my wife and daughter because we were like thrift shopping, apparently. And I was going through the movies, as I do, and they also had CDs, and my daughter's been on this, like, weird, like, vintage buying music thing at these thrift shops, because they're, like, a buck or two. Oh, yeah. And, um, I see the Oh Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack on the CD. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. So I grab it, and I quickly, like, it's it's clearly not the original, like, the, the, the booklet is black and white, 
I'm like, this looks printed. And I open it, and sure enough, it is a burned CD with Sharpie on it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I'm like, wow, they printed out the like the covers and everything. So <laughs> That's serious. <laughs> I did not buy it, but I was laughing about the fact. <laughs> I was like, wow, man, someone put some extra effort into That's this burnt yeah. CD. Um, but yeah, I, I love this movie. I find it super funny. I love the allegory to uh, the Odyssey. Um, the music throughout the film is great. Now that Holly Hunter's, I'm aware of who Holly Hunter is. Thanks to the big sick, it's kind of made me realize how many films I've seen her in. And, uh, yeah, now that I realize that's her as Penny, it just makes me want to rewatch this even more. Um, it's been a couple years since I last watched it, but I've seen this so, so many times. Because, again, when you're teaching a movie, uh, you're teaching it to multiple periods a day, too. So, like, I, I would not just see it once a year. I would see it three to four times every year that I showed it. So, um... I've seen it quite a bit, and I, 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 every time I enjoy it, um, and I mean that song. Can can you beat that song? It's so great. So that's my number three, um, on my top five. You guys, did I steal it from anybody else? No, no. I debated. I debated that one. That, uh, but you know me, I'm I'm gonna go for ones that I hope you haven't watched, so that you guys will so go that you watch can them. Win. Yeah. No, no so, so that win. you guys will go watch <laughs> them. Gosh. I, Plus, I, I like to win too. I have seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Actually, I didn't. That wasn't See? clicking. So I've seen. Yeah, rem- of... yeah, I remember I screwed up, and that was yeah, because uh, yep. I hadn't so, seen Moulin that's... Rouge, which is on my list of things to oh, watch. Oh, I have seen Moulin Rouge. Never mind. But, yeah, but that's, that's not that... the right year. That's, yeah, that's not the wrong oh, year. Oh, that's right. That's wrong year. <laughs> Dang it, Mike! <laughs> I love that. At first, I thought that he realized. I thought you realized the mistake you made because you're like 2001, and then you just kept rolling with it like really fast, and I heard John like try interject, and I was like, what? I'm like, no, I'm going with this. I come back into the decade. I, I do what I want. You're I like, it's the, it's the 100th episode. <laughs> no. It's okay. Uh, we're, everything went haywire. It's what happens. Um, Corey, yeah. what's your number three? My number three. This is a movie that I resisted so hard. I did not want to watch it, and I most definitely did not want to like it because, ooh, cheerleaders. But oh. I'm going with Bring It On, guys. Nice. This it has m- already been brought in. Yeah. Um, I do like Kirsten Dunst. Max is trying to get in my lap. Oh, okay. And um, it has Gabrielle Union and Eli- Eliza. Is it Dushku? Yeah. Dushu. I just feel like that's a horrible oh, it, last name. Is it Dushku? That's Kevin Smith's name for her. Dushku. Oh. Oh. Um, I just did not want to like it at all, but I sat down with my sister and my aunt, and we I had a very small bedroom, and we were crowded on the floor, and the TV was like three or four feet away, and I can't remember if it was on DVD or VHS, but we watched it, and I laughed so hard. Mm-hmm. So hard. And I don't even know why they kept making these movies, because they could never touch the... It was just so good. Um, but Kirsten Dunst plays the main character, Torrance. She is the new cheer captain at her high school, and she learns that the previous cheer captain stole all their routines, and they're going to some big tournament, and now that it's been brought to her attention, they have to find a new one, a new, new routine. And let's just talk about Spirit Fingers. <laughs> well, yeah, and, I mean, Gabrielle Union shows up in this. I think this might have been one of her earliest films. I, I'm generally a fan of her. And it's funny that this movie's being brought up because um, my daughter and I were at Target, I think, Friday night. And I said <laughs> something about – there was Blu-rays, and I said something about this movie's really good. And she thought I had pointed at the uh, five set of Bring It On films. <laughs> and um she's like she's, she's like, like this i'm like well actually the first one is really good i don't know about those other ones but they were straight to, straight to home 
whatever. Yeah, I know Hayden Pantieri is in one of them, though, and Save the Cheerleader, Save the World. So, I mean, there's something to that. But, um, oh, get the cut up. Does she get this member? I don't think so, but uh, not. I, I don't know because I've not seen it, so who knows. But um, this movie, is it still holds up to. I watched it not long ago, and I was like, yeah, it's still good. Uh, directed by Peyton Reed, who I think did um, Ant-Man. Yeah, that's so, you know, like quality director here. And um, I have to add, too, though, it's not from 2000, but there's another cheerleading movie that I think is also great, and I don't feel like it gets talked about enough. It's Fired Up. Oh, I don't know that one. Fired Up has uh, two... Um, the guys in it are somewhat famous, and, uh, like, one's definitely recognizable. Um, Eric Christian Olsen. Um, he, he's, I think he's on one of the NCISs or something now. And then uh, Nicholas D'Agosto, who's in some stuff, but he's not super great. But this movie cracked me up when I saw it for the first time. It's super dumb comedy, but it also has... Um, oh, I'm going to forget the guy's name. He's in so many freaking movies. Uh, John Michael Higgins is in it. And um, he plays like one of the coaches at the cheerleading camp. Uh, it's it's super funny. If you like, bring it on. It's got a 31 meta score, so this might be like Hudson Hawk. But nonetheless... <laughs> oh, no! I uh, feel like... I, I, I think i would enjoy this one more than the hawk maybe it was not yeah it's got some it's got some funny stuff in it but wasn't but, there one called but i'm a but i'm a cheerleader i love that with natasha uh leon and uh Cleo yeah Hall. i love I that movie so. i haven't seen it in a long time and it has oh my gosh not That's... montel is it montel oh i haven't seen it in a long time but also while we're talking about cheerleader movies sugar and spice Yes. <laughs> it's getting all the cheerleading movies and in yeah, here. They're so funny. Okay. This is now the top five cheerleading movies. No, um, <laughs> okay. There's, right. there's five. There's at least five. I, I think so. we're close. It's I feel four. Like we just got like. I mean, there's right five. There. Bring it on, movies alone. So. <laughs> there we go. Um. All right. Uh, let's go to Mike's number three. This one is from the year two thousand. Oh, promise. thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I have mentioned this one before uh, with Ed Harris, Marsha Gay Harden, Jennifer Connelly. It is the um, bio biopic of Jackson Pollock. Yes, I still need to watch and, this. And one of again, one of my students had. I wondered where they got this phone case from, and I looked at it, and they could tell they, they could tell the gears were turning in my head because it was like his number five, or I forget because it was pretty sim- simple uh, painting names. And she had handmade it. I said, where, you know, I asked, where did you get this? And she's like, I made this. I said, well, you need to see this. And I pulled up all, you know, a bunch of his work. And she's like, she kind of th- thought she'd come up with it on her own. And I'm like, oh, wow. I, I, yeah, it's it, it's it was really kind of cool. Uh, but we've talked about this and this between this and I just had a, an online friend or actually probably a, a former uh student uh not of yours but from your school that is in miami now and they're going to see they were going to see uh, a film a documentary on basquiat so between oh, those yeah. two and i and i was like oh i was really hoping basquiat because we mentioned that one before that was but that was 96 which mm-hmm. i can add for and make it 2000 if no, you want can't. oh um but it, it's just really well done ed harris acts in it directs it um i don't recall if he wrote it but it just really worked for me and it's one of those that not everybody watched and it you know goes through basically you know his life and his connection eventually with lee krasner was played by marcia gay harden and just yeah. you know an artist 
usually isn't famous until after their death and yeah. his fame came when he was alive which is very odd uh, Basquiat was the same way and that's a difficult thing to kind of deal with especially if you're one that is kind of a recluse and wants to not be part of that whole system that yeah you kind of have to be a part of yeah i need to see that and um i think the the basquiat documentary was at south by southwest when i was there oh cool the one there, it's this yeah. late teen years I yeah. didn't. I didn't see it though, but I remember uh, reading, and I was like, "Oh, there's that." Because I'd never, I, as as uncultured as I'm going to sound, I'd never heard of Basquiat until that episode where you guys brought it up for the biopics. Um, and then, like since then, I've it's been everywhere in front of me. It's one of those things where you're like you're unaware of something, and then once you're aware of it, it's just like but in every nook and cranny of my life. I'm not sure why, but there's been oh, kind wow. of a revival. Um, because mm-hmm. even like Urban Decay, the makeup brand had i think last year they came out with this whole line of stuff based off of his artwork so i'm not really sure why recent you know what i mean yeah yeah which well, I, mean, I go ahead oh just wanted to say don't feel totally uncultured the, the main reason i know of basquiat is because of my art friends from high school i wouldn't have known uh, otherwise well good. my dad told me about it when i was oh, younger wow. but i wouldn't have heard of Without him. And you guys told me about it, and then I've told two friends, and they told two. Anyway, <laughs> um, and I'm still gonna like Mike. You just need to read Widow Basquiat. I know, I know. I, I, you saw, you might, you saw my response, and usually I'm so good at responding. I'm like four weeks later. Oh yeah, I need to read that book. <laughs> oh, it's one of my uh, favorites. Well, yeah, I need to pick up it. There is one artist, and I want to, uh, and I correct me if I'm wrong, and you guys might know better than I do. Uh, Keith Haring. Who was huge on oh. the pop art, and I, I don't know if there's a, been a film made about him. Oh, They're, I'm not sure. I'm not really a fan of his art, but oh, I, really, I am becoming more and more aware of that. I don't know artist names outside of like the <gasps> big ones. Um, so I, I, I've heard that name to be fair, but none of the arts like popping to my brain as to who you'll he is. know him. Yeah, it's a very he distinct was kind style. Of a graffiti artist, but yeah. he had like really simplistic uh, styles and. He died really young. Yeah. Uh, he was around the same time as Basquiat mm-hmm. in New York. He's a contemporary. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to move into a subject where I do seem to know a lot of stuff. We're going to move into <laughs> my number two. Um, and it's not only is it my number two movie from 2000, it's one of my favorites um, all time. And it inspired this podcast. It's High Fidelity, a film that mm-hmm. I've definitely talked about before. Um, I think it might have been the first, like, it is a comedy, but there's a dramatic edge to the story in the film. And I I was, I don't know, like there's something about High Fidelity that stands out to me when I look at the movies I was watching in 2000 and 2001, um, that this is not a film that I normally would have sought out. And I did, like I, I think it might have been because of the record store element that I really wanted to uh, watch it. And I was a fan already of Empire Records at that point. So this was like, oh, another record store movie. It's going to be great. And it is very different reasons that it's great. Um, and it was also, I think, the There's... first time I became aware of Jack Black, who I became a, a huge fan of um, for many, many things. Not everything he does, but... Um, and um, interesting, uh, Todd Luiso, who plays Dick in the show in the movie, uh, had a very small uh, episode of Silicon Valley recently. He was on one episode, and I was like... He had long hair in the in Silicon Valley, and he's the bald guy in the in High Fidelity. So I'm like looking at his face, like who is oh. that? I know that guy. And then I had to look it up. I'm like, oh, oh my god. Um, but High Fidelity, John Cusack uh, steals the show for sure. 
Um, you know, he, he constantly makes top five lists throughout the, the movie. Um, there's music elitist elements to this that I feel one completely described who I was in 2000, where I was, uh, in fact, even later when Corey and I first met, we could not stand they each were other not friends. because of how opinionated we both were at the time. <laughs> like we're still opinionated, but now I think we're more accepting that our opinions aren't the only ones where at the time when we Maybe. met, okay. yeah. <laughs> When we met, our opinions were the only opinions that mattered, and they were contrary, um, almost completely contrary at the time. Uh, I think we've come to a more mutual plateau of our opinions, too, than we used to have. Not musically. We still don't see eye to eye musically, but um, I'm not as, like, adamant about my music taste anymore, either. I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, I just like what I like. I don't really know why. Um, I don't know that I can articulate why, but... This movie spoke to me on so many levels. I still think it's so funny. It has one of my favorite sequences in it with um, when uh, Tim Robbins comes in to talk to him. <laughs> um, and then he like plays out what the different scenarios could be. I love the uh, them all beating him up and like smashing him with the phone and dropping the air conditioner. Like, it's so... Because anybody who's kind of an introvert has done that, I think, at least. At least I connected with that. Like, where you, you wish you could do something bigger than what you're actually going to do. You're not brave enough to put yourself out there like that you're just gonna cower and hope that you can you know redeem yourself later but in the heat of the moment you're too afraid to do the wrong thing and you just sit there and that sequence like just it connected with me on a big way and i've always loved this movie it's one i've watched many many times um it's for a long time was in my top five uh movies you had to watch if you were a musician and um, because there is a passion about music in this film that I think is expressed through the story uh, quite well. So it's one that just I, holds up for me. I need to rewatch this, but it bothers me what a jerk he is. And I think that's why I can't mm-hmm. love it. But that's um, the arc. He's, he's on that journey to fix that, um, to yeah. not be the jerk by the end of the film. It's a jerk's voyage. Yeah. And it, jerk's journey. Part of and even realizing that he is a jerk, which was something he was kind of blissfully unaware of for a long time. Um, the guy didn't blah blah blah, and then the girl. It's like, yeah, you did, because I wouldn't sleep with you. He was under the impression that he was the one being crapped on all the time, and in reality, he was the jerk, and that's the lesson he has to learn. Um, he kept wondering what was I doing wrong, and the answer was, well, you're not a good person, and then that change that he has to make and. I don't know. Um, it's this even that he's selfish was what it, the biggest thing. I, I I like the movie a lot, and um, it's Cusack has done some amazing films, and this one is one of my. It's I I think it's is my favorite Cusack popular? performance, and that's hard to say because say anything is is excellent, but um, but I I do like him in in this movie so much. So um, that's my number uh, two, and note that as much as I'm praising that movie, it's not my number one. So uh, Corey, we're at your number two. What do you got? I'm intrigued. I'm pretty sure I've talked about this movie before. I chose Loser, directed by oh, good. Amy Heckerling, uh, with Jason Biggs, Mina Zavari. Um, I love that Paul is such a nice guy, and he's so genuine, and he just continually does the right thing, even though that doesn't help his popularity one bit. And I really love Mina Savari as Dora, and bonus points for Everclear. And I don't know if I told you, but I got to see Weedus last year. Oh, my oh no! Gosh. Yeah, yeah, I did. They opened for Mike Doty, who I love, and I see every time he comes to Boise uh, from Soul Coughing. But um, this is your they, second I... uh, Greg Kinnear film on your list, by the way. Oh, because he's oh, you're gift. right. So oh. you're right. Um, and I just, you know, they played Teenage Dirtbag, and it made my all my mm-hmm. dreams come true. 
but I just love this movie, and I know it's probably not the best film, but I love it a lot. You know, it's got a 35 on Metacritic, but I That's also... That's fine, I'll take it. I also enjoy this movie. Um, in fact, I recently bought this movie, and uh, my wife apparently not a fan. Um, what? Yeah, I, I, am, I am a big fan um, of this film. In fact, I will argue that this is Jason Biggs' best character. Um, not that it's the best movie he's in, because I do think American Pie probably will win out um, collectively, but I do think this one is much more endearing in a lot of ways, because American Pie goes for a lot of the raunchy humor. Uh, this is not that, um, and it could have been. I mean, Amir Heckerling and Clueless, Clueless has a little bit more of the, it's not raunchy like American Pie, but there's a lot more... I think sexual jokes, like not from Cher, but from the other characters around Cher. Um, and I don't feel like loser goes for that. Um, Biggs is, is his story is so wholesome and, and sweet. And you, you were rooting. It's the, it's kind of the ultimate like friend zone movie, you know, where like you just want him to, to get the girl. And, uh, it's almost Corey, maybe why you like this movie so much. It's almost like as if pretty and pink were written from Ducky's perspective in loser you know where we see the friend zone character as our main character and him desperately trying to win over the girl who's in love with the wrong guy um so i don't know i i I haven't seen it in a while and i did buy it i think at a thrift store um or a flea market or something for like a couple bucks and it's on my shelf it's one i will i'm hoping to show my daughter at some point it's not on her list for this challenge but um, I, I think she could get into this film um, if she was gave it a li- try. Was the liner black and white and written on Sharpie? <laughs> it was not. It was in the re- regular box, but it did have writing on the cover. I don't remember. What it was <laughs> Why do people do that? Why do people do that? I don't know. I don't know. Thing. And I hate when I'm like at a record store and you find like used records and somebody wrote their name on them. Nobody's going to steal your $2 record, Susan. And I, I don't mean to uh, name drop a record store, but I, I have to. I have to because I thought the name was so creative. We were in Lakeland going thrift shopping, and I decided to look for like a vinyl store because Taylor's kind of into it, but she's not really like into old music. So like, she's only buying like new stuff that's printed on vinyl. Um, but I thought let's go to this old record store, and it was called uh, Needles and Wax. But here's the catch: it's called Needles and Wax because it's not just a record store; it's a tattoo parlor. And a record oh. store, needles and wax. So it had like a double meaning. So I walked in, kind of like my mind was like, "Oh, where is that?" It's it's brand new. It's only a few months old. Um, it's on Florida Avenue though, in Lakeland. Okay. It might be a That's little older than that, rad. but it's it's less than a year, I think. But uh, needles and wax, not uh, they would seem really nice. We didn't buy anything. They had a lot of stuff though. Um, some a lot of used stuff for super cheap, like a couple bucks for some of it, and then they had some collectible stuff. Um, for sure that was like unopened and things like that. Uh, that were a little higher dollar, but. Um, not a huge selection, but a good selection. I think a good I don't know. I've not really shopped vinyl, so I have no idea. It might be a super small collection, but again, you can get a tattoo and get a record, so go for it. Um, Mike, what's your number two, sir? <gasps> wait, 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 wait. I'm not, I just looked at it and it was on the list, but why is it? Uh-oh. <sighs> All right, I'm switching it again because, oh, no. because no, I, I just looked at the one entry and it says 1999 and that's not correct. That's oh, not, yeah. It was on the 2000 list. Whoa. That was what weird. was that? <laughs> I don't My phone is going crazy. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. And now is I'm it... just going to sing Teenage Dirt Bag to you while you choose your <laughs> other one. <laughs> Well, I, I'll just go with one of my honorable mentions, which was on my list originally. And uh, if you haven't seen this one, I'll be very surprised. But it's the one, uh, I want to say it was Vin Diesel's first turn as a lead. 
Oh. Pitch Black? And David Toohey's Pitch I th- Black? I think so. <laughs> Although, I didn't, man, I'm su- surprised I didn't have that on my uh, honorable mentions, because I, I saw that in theaters um, on a whim. Yeah. I really liked it. I was really kind of, like, surprised by it, in fact, when I saw it. But I mean, the, I, the, the, the way they... Because I wasn't too keen on the Riddick one, but, I mean, there's so much yeah. that could have gone with it. But this was just a nicely done kind of space vampire film. And kind of like Cole Hauser, I remembered from uh, Dazed and Confused, so it was a different role for him. Keith David is always very good. Uh, I always get her name wrong. Is it Radha Mitchell? I don't know how to say that, but that's what it looks like. A-D-A-D-H-A, Radha. I I feel badly because I should know her name. But I mean, just building up this Riddick anti-hero, those cool eyes, Mm -hmm. this very uh, creative creatures... And the world uh, that it's in world, pitch black, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's really yeah. interesting that they you know they they crash land and they got to do what they got to do. It all works really well as a self-contained little, and it's not a very long movie, I don't believe. Hour forty nine, a reasonable. Yeah, movie. and it, yeah, it zips along and kind of it, going into it, I wasn't sure what we we're getting into, and then it just really worked. And yeah. I, I mean, I think Iron Giant came before that, but I, I don't know if that counts as a lead role. Um, I mean, but I mean, you don't see him. No, it's exactly. Kind of like his test run for Groot. Yep. Yeah, it really is. Um, no, that's. I agree. I, I'm not. I was making more of a joke than I was. <laughs> um, but I, 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 I don't remember what made us go see this in theaters, but I. Um, I really liked it, and I, I've seen it a few times. It's been a while since I last watched it, but I, I did go see Chronicles of Riddick. I did not see Riddick or the animated uh, – I think they were animated series or shorts um, about uh, Riddick, but um, I really, really liked this movie. I, I don't hate Chronicles of Riddick. I don't love Chronicles of Riddick, and I heard mixed things about the more recent one. But, um, yeah, it definitely um, – it, it was a – it brought Vin Diesel into the action – like landscape in my opinion like for sure so good good pull man i actually skipped i didn't see this on my when i was pulling my movies because i i totally would go honorable mention for this movie because i i did like it a lot so i haven't seen it all right <laughs> well Corey, i, I saw i i definitely won then because you've not seen three of his i've seen two of his uh with crouching tiger and pitch black so yeah yay me i won um <laughs> that leads yeah. us well, to i'm still the loser <laughs> uh, you're Jason Biggs. Um, so that leads me to my number one. Any guesses on what my number one is? Uh, based on what I've talked about the most and one of my favorite uh, actors. And, well, at least he was back in his prime. I don't know. Uh, my guesses would probably not be from the year 2000, so you okay. better not count yeah, them. Yeah, I'm thinking The Matrix, but I don't know nope, that was 99. Oh, uh, so. 99. Re- Requiem for a Dream. It's not. And I'll tell you, one, I don't think I can rewatch that movie. And two... Um, as much as I love Aronofsky, uh, I've only I've only seen it the one time, and it, I do think it's great. I think it's a brilliant movie, but it's not one of my favorites. My favorite, I've seen many times. I think it was slightly underrated even when it came out uh, amongst general audiences. Um, it has a 62 Metascore, 7.2 IMDb user score, and it is a controversial director, although this was his second film, and it was fantastic. It's M. Night Shyamalan's Unbreakable. Ah, yeah. Um, oh, why did I not... That's on my honorable mention. Starring Bruce Willis, Sam Jackson, Robin Wright. Um, I this is probably one of Bruce Willis's last good movies. Um, there might be a couple others after this one, but this was definitely one of uh, it's up there with like Die Hard and Hudson Hawk for me. Um, and 
I I am so excited about Glass. Uh, I cannot wait to see Glass. And spoiler for Split, but if you didn't know, uh, this is uh, Split is a sequel to Unbreakable, and um, nobody saw that coming when it came out, no, and so no, that no. made it all the more amazing. And the fact that we're getting Glass is uh, super exciting for this guy because I love this movie. I loved it when I saw it. Um, I've brought it to my students a few times, and they've all loved it. Uh, I will argue that this is one of the best comic book movies that have been made, even though it's not based on a comic book, but as far as it being a comic book origin story for a superhero movie, it is so fantastic. And it's one that you don't know that's what you're in until like three quarters of the way through that it's confirmed. You get the idea that it's the suspicion at parts, but you don't, that's not how it's approached. The tone is so serious. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Christopher Nolan gave credit to this movie for his approach to the Dark Knight movies, uh, because it is tonally so serious, and yet it doesn't, like, there are comic book movies that take themselves too serious. This is not that. It, it's just, man, it's what, what if, if superheroes existed in the real world, this is what it would be like. Um, it, it's fantastic. I love this movie. I actually want to watch it right now. Like, I'm, I'm talking about it's making me want to rewatch it. For I don't know how many times I've seen it. I've owned it on VHS and uh, I don't own it on Blu-ray, but I own the collector's edition on DVD. Um, oh, me too. It's it's just it's I think it's M Night's best movie. Um, I I love the Sixth Sense, but I think this one's better. I think this one is it doesn't rely on the twist the same way that Sixth Sense relied on the twist. Like there is a twist in this movie, but I think the twist isn't the main thing. It's just like a bonus um, where you're just like holy crap that you know sam jackson's the villain that you thought was the mentor the whole time i mean uh that's a twist but the movies you know bill uh bill willis good lord bruce willis having the powers which you could argue is a twist too it's not like a out of nowhere twist like in sixth sense where that that whole movie stems on did you figure out or not if he's alive or dead um while you're watching it and i'm spoiling like crazy so do remember spoiler warning was given um but i i love unbreakable i can't talk about it enough if you have skipped it uh it was a mistake go back and watch it it's fantastic and then watch split which isn't as good but still good and then get ready for glass and hope to god Shyamalan does not jump the shark again and it's not like the the last airbender or something like that so <laughs> or after earth um uh either either or yes they're both horrifying horrible. Um, I hope to God he has not found a way to ruin glass. I will cry. Um, probably literally cry if it's bad. Um, so that's my number one. Both of you have seen it. Uh, but if you have nothing to add, we will move into, actually, we've already heard Corey's number one, which is almost <laughs> yeah. famous. Um, so we'll have to go into Mike's, but do you guys have anything to add to Unbreakable before we move on? What? What? No, um, oh. uh, sorry. I'm looking at my list again and that, mm. Something's glitching with your program. I'm going to say I rewatched Unbreakable. I think. Uh, it was before we moved into our house, uh, maybe one or two years ago, and I'm not, I'm not really sure when did Split come out. I think it might have been after Split. I I would say two years ago because I think Glass is set to come out this year, so. Okay, and I it, it just like, yeah. there were so many little things that I forgot about in the movie. Yeah, I I there's so many little moments in the film that are, are just classic. I love how he gradually reveals the powers and oh man it's heartbreaking and it's uh like even when he gets to be the hero it's still sad like there's still that he's not a hundred percent successful he he saves what he can but he doesn't get to save everybody you know because life isn't like that life isn't a comic book everyone's not going to be safe um it's just uh it's so grounded and the, the music is fantastic i mean i i love that movie um it's i 
I actually initially had high fidelity like instinctively like as soon as i saw the year was 2000 but then i, I saw unbreakable I was like no that's number one i've seen that movie so many times i yeah. i love it and again i would i could easily argue requiem for a dream being uh, a better movie but i don't want it it's not a movie i want to watch again it's so tough yeah. and then um it's also it's you know uh unbreakable is really well made too though it's not like other i I don't want to just comic movies now are different than if you look at the comic movies that came out around this movie daredevil uh punisher which i liked the 2004 punisher but it's it's pretty campy and bad um you know uh the fantastic four even let's be real sam raimi spider-man real campy real like none of them had this seriousness that unbreakable was able to achieve um, and yeah, it's grounded and there aren't like silly costumes or whatever, but even the, the premise of Mr. Glass's character in the movie is just so relatable that this someone who's obsessed with pop culture is looking for the mythos, you know, that there's there has to be some truth in all the fiction. Um, I, I, I love that aspect of the movie. I, I, again, I could just talk about it for way too long. So let's uh, move into Mike's number one, I hope. Uh, yes, I just had to switch it because when I looked again at the one, it had, uh, I believe, a 99 release. Yeah, and so uh, this one I'm for sure, again, is from 2000. And part of it, uh, all right, so I'm a huge REM fan, and one of their oh. videos around this time period, a couple of their videos uh, were directed by Tarsem Singh. And this was his debut film, directorial debut, starring, of all people, Jennifer Lopez, who did really well in it, Vince Vaughn and Vincent D'Onofrio uh, from 2000, The Cell. It's oh. visually stunning. There are some really disturbing scenes, um, especially one at, which I think borrowed from an art piece where they kind of vivisected an actual animal and they did this on screen where you li- literally see... I think it was a horse. It was horrifying. And I'll have to explain the premise. Uh, kind of sectioned off like pieces of glass. are, And you can, as it's alive, you can see the different parts in it going. It's really disturbing. The reason oh. is, is Jennifer Losa, Lopez does VR. So this is 2000, almost 20 years ago. And she does VR for coma patients kind of going in and kind of crossing over into their subconscious. And Vincent D'Onofrio is a serial uh, murderer who is happens to be in a coma, but there's a victim still alive. Oh. So she has to jump into his psyche using this tech, which is really, really interesting. And um, it, this was a hit or miss. People either loved it or hated it. Hated it. Um, but it it worked for me because it's like whoa, and you, you know she's trying to break down these, peel these layers back. Uh, and to, to get to to save this victim because they're on a, a time clock and there's a contraption that's set up that will drown the victim mm. uh, if if they don't get to them in time. And then and, Saw was made a few years later. <laughs> um, yeah, and 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 for the original, you know, I like the original Saw. This one just definitely Tarsam is known for his visual style. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's it's very dark. It's tough to watch this again, uh, and I haven't. But I remember seeing this in the theater, and that's really because oh, wow. a, a, a lot of the stuff that happens just lends itself to that big screen experience. Mm. And it, it'll work on a flat screen at home. But is there something? It, it's it's. I definitely it's watched this watch. on a very small television. Um, I I Ooh. saw it in two thousand. One is my guess. Uh, I, w- I remember watching it. I remember where I watched it, and so that would make sense time-wise. But 
I don't remember much about it. I don't even. I don't know if I gave it a full like a, a, all of my attention kind of viewing. Um, I vaguely re- remember not loving it, or at least being cr- like freaked out by it. Um, but again, I don't remember a lot about it. I do remember watching it. That's about as much. Like I didn't remember Vince Vaughn being in it, um, or D'Onofrio. But I guess D'Onofrio's. I don't know. I I remember J Lo. I remember I saw the cell. Um, I vaguely recall the VR stuff. I don't remember much else. Like. <laughs> But, you know, um, maybe it's time to revisit because it has been a long time and I'm a much different movie watcher now than I was in 2001. So, And this is a very different Vince Vaughn role than just about any, maybe, uh, what's the prison one he just recently did? Cell Block close. 99? So, uh, that sounds right because I didn't like get to finish it, but it was, that's a whole different, you yeah. know, think of how different that role is for him. This was the same way because it was much more serious. There's no comedian comedic Vince Vaughn that we're used to. Mm. Well, that gives us our top five movies from the year 2000 and a couple of uh, from other years from Mike. And then um, no. <laughs> and, and, uh, this is our 100th episode. So before we go, we do like to do honorable mentions. Um, we've already mentioned a couple of mine, but I'm going to roll through these real quick. Um, I had Loser and Requiem for a Dream on honorable mentions, but I also had uh, the Replacements, the football movie with Keanu Reeves that I don't know why, but I absolutely love it. Really good. Um, uh, Ready to Rumble, the WCW-inspired <laughs> wrestling film. With, uh, I'm a wrestling fan, so a movie about wrestling had to uh, appeal. Um, this is a... I don't know what it qualifies, because it's technically a movie, but it's also a stand-up special, but it's not. The original Kings of Comedy, um, where that was the, my first introduction to Bernie Mac as a stand-up comedian, uh, Steve Harvey as a stand-up comedian. Um, Cedric the Entertainer and um, oh, oh, I forgot his name, D.L. Hughley um, who had a TV mm-hmm. series for a little bit but uh, Bernie Mac's stand-up, he ends the, the four and it is so so amazing and it did spawn um, there's the original Latin Kings of Comedy that came out like straight to v- VHS with uh, Lopez and I don't remember the other three comedians but they were all Latino comedians that were uh, it was inspired by this movie and then um, I feel like the Blue Collar Comedy Tour definitely took inspiration from this film um and it's fantastic it's got some really great stand-up again it's not a traditional movie but they do have some like behind the scenes stuff and they do some um it's not quite a documentary it's kind of a documentary i don't know but i I always liked it and i I, it came out in 2000 i've seen it way too many times um but i also just throwing a few extras out there uh, the whole nine yards um because i love matthew perry and i love bruce willis how can i not love whole nine yards um, dude, where's my car? Because oh, man. it was great at the time. I don't. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But Sean William Scott, Ashton Kutcher, uh, Pothead movie. I already mentioned I have an affinity for pot movies. Um, not pot, just the movies. Uh, Final Destination and Memento. <laughs> Memento, Christopher Nolan's uh, first I need big to watch film. That. You've never seen Memento? Nope. Whoa, that's I think a I have watched big gap. Pieces of it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that that's got to be confusing as crap. Because <laughs> that also though, uh, Memento, Carrie Ann Moss, who was in, um, I believe, yes, Chocolat. Yep. So and the Matrix. Yes, which also uh, Cipher, whose the name is not going to come to me. Joe Pantoliano. I own Joe Memento. Pantoliano. Is also in Memento. Um, and and that the Matrix. So the little Matrix uh, carry over there. But that Keanu is my... Reeves. Keanu Reeves was in The Matrix, not in Memento. Not in Memento, but he was in Corey's movie, um, The Gift. Yeah. That had Greg Kinnear. So sure. lots of connections. Uh, busy people in 2000. Um, 
Corey, do you have any honorable mentions? I do. I have Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And I completely agree with you about the soundtrack. Everybody loves that soundtrack. And if they mm. don't, they're just wrong. <laughs> um, and I love Aaron Brockovich. Oh. I don't even care. And I don't know if you remember, but we were playing some, like, uh, like DVD uh, mm-hmm. game. And I just, we were, I was, my team was doing well because they just kept having Aaron Brockovich questions and stills and stuff. <laughs> and that was about the only time that I've ever won or been close to winning a, uh, you know, uh, what are yeah. those called? I used to love playing those, and no one, ever since you moved, Corey, like, I have no one to play, because people don't like playing trivia games with me, um, especially if what? it's movie-based. Uh, oh, no. So, you know, I, I desperately want to play movie trivia games, and people generally don't want to play with me. Um, I, wish I, had a, I wish I had a DVD player in my room, because I would have wailed on my students. Oh, man, I got so many of them. Um, all right, and Mike, honorable mentions from the year 2000. All right, I cannot <laughs> guarantee I cannot guarantee they're from the year 2000, but I'll mention them anyway. I know for sure Unbreakable's there, High Fidelity, mm-hmm. Requiem for a Dream. We've talked yes. about those. I'm throwing Gladiator in there. Because, I think that is. I think that is. Uh, are you not entertained? And uh, my guilty uh, my guilty pleasure one, uh, Where the Heart Is, with Ashley Judd <gasps> and Natalie. I love that and, movie. Yep. Yep, I love that movie. America's <laughs> America Nobly. Well, her name's Nobly, and then she names her kid America's Nation. She gave oh, her a strong name, Mike. Come on. <laughs> I loved. I, I loved that she was legit, that. legit barefoot and pregnant. She was, and gave birth. I lost to my flip flops. Yeah, jerk. You got yeah. his. Man. Um, uh, that guy was. Oh. <laughs> So, wow, that was a weird bonding moment for you two. Um, <laughs> totally unexpected. Um, I, we saw it in the theater. Rachel and I saw it in the theater. I loved it. Well, folks, that is an important year in my life. I graduated in the year 2000. It is our uh, episode 100, so double zero. So we had double zero for the year. It's, the I think, the first time we've done a specific year, which is uh, what I think threw Mike off. Um, I think we've only done decades up to this point. And uh, yeah. yeah, thank you for making excuses for me. Because you're I welcome, sir. Um, next week we will be back. Well, actually, I'm sorry. Two weeks we will be back, and we're gonna be covering our gap list. These are the top five movies that we know we need to see, but we haven't seen for some reason. And I think what we'll end up talking about is why we haven't watched them. Because there are some that I just know I'm supposed to watch as a film lover, but I just cannot bring myself to do it. Um, and so I'm looking forward to talking about that with you guys and maybe working through some of my issues and convincing myself to watch some of these movies that I've been avoiding, um, that I'm supposed to see. So, um, until next time, folks, uh, guys, thank you very much. Thank you. Sorry for my failure. It's okay. Hey, you fix it on the fly. Like you've done that before, but it's been off air. You fix it on the fly during the recording. So that's pretty impressive. Both times have been really quick though. Yes. Yeah, I think we've lucked out with both, though, that they've been, like, minimal Pretty amounts of movies. Narrow. Like, Yeah, because if, imagine if this was, like, any movie ever. Like, you would have just oh. five random entries. We'd be um, here till four in the morning. Yeah. Uh, but, guys, thank you again. And until next time, listeners, keep watching movies. Yeah.